I usually do, and I think it's a personality trait thing, I do think of, of quiet, maybe silence, uh, maybe rest and stillness. I considered having us do a practice where I just said nothing and kind of paced around for, for like 30 seconds to see how uncomfortable everybody got, but I decided not to do that. But then I thought, you know what, this is not everybody's experience of sanctuary, first of all, right? Uh, for example, if you were to find yourself in an African-American church this morning, in an African-American sanctuary, it would not be quiet at all, probably. It would be uh, quite loud and, and energetic and boisterous, and it, too, would be sanctuary, right? And so my guess is uh, we all come this morning, and this singular word might hit us uh, slightly differently. And so I, my goal is to, is to maybe cover a few of these ways that I think uh, sanctuary uh, can be experienced uh, and before we do, let's begin with a word of prayer. God, in this place right now, this place we call our sanctuary, we desire to be in your presence, and we invite you in. We invite you in among us and within us. We ask this morning, Lord, that my words uh, be your words that your words pierce the hearts of each individual in here, that he and she might hear what needs to be said to them specifically this morning. God, each of us come into this place with different backgrounds, with different baggage, with different needs, with different concerns. And God, we each need to hear a slightly different word. I'm not capable of that, but you are. And that is what we ask for this morning. Amen. Here's the first. So I've, I've spent a lot of time talking about sanctuary, actually. Uh, if you don't remember me talking about sanctuary, you've either, uh, you're either new or you've just not been paying much attention. Uh, either way, you're forgiven. Um, <laughs> and uh, sanctuary, as I've wrestled with it over the course of this last year, uh, I've actually come to like one, one critical piece that makes sanctuary sanctuary. Almost no matter how you uh, slice the pie and who you are and all of that stuff that I talked about before. Uh, and that is, it somehow comes back to the presence of God. The presence of God. Um, as we talked this morning, uh, one of the things uh, that Clint said and then Beth echoed it uh, is uh, that sanctuary can only be found in God, right? And, uh, and that's part of what I'm saying here with the fact that God's presence is, is a piece, is, is maybe a, a cornerstone, a, a critical piece of um, realizing sanctuary, being sanctuary, uh, creating sanctuary, however you want to think and talk about it. Um, but what I would say is, is this, I might add this, is that God's presence uh, is critical, yes, and uh, God's presence can be found in lots of places, right? So if God created the world, and we believe that God did, and God's presence is spiritual and not some sort of physical manifestation found in a building, 
well, then we might be walking in nature or walking down a busy street, uh, and we might find God's presence, and we might find ourselves in sanctuary. Uh, In the Old Testament, uh, sanctuary uh, was indeed a physical space. It was uh, the Temple Mount. On top of the Temple Mount sits uh, the temple. Uh, inside the temple is, is the Holy of Holies, right? And this is the place where God dwells. Well, fasting, fast, fast forwarding uh, to the New Testament and beyond, uh, something interesting happens, of course, is, is that kind of gets shattered, right? This, this notion that God is in this one physical space. And, and what Jesus gives to us is he gives us the presence of God, well, through the Holy Spirit within each of us. And so there's a few things happening. One, there's this sense that we as a church, we build a building for a reason, and we call this space right here the sanctuary for a reason, because we pray that each Sunday, as we gather together in this physical space, that God somehow manifests himself to us, that God's presence is indeed felt in this actual space. And... When we think about the church, even in the book of Acts, when the early church is is being formed, or or we think about Paul's letters as he's talking to a church about what it means to encounter the presence of God, Paul will often use the language of temple, but not in a physical space. He'll say things like we see in Ephesians 2. He'll say things like, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus is the cornerstone of this in him whom the whole structure, and he's talking clearly about a temple, being joined together. Well, the whole structure, he says, it grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also... You, the church, and he could be speaking to us to this very day. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So in this way, when I think of temple, or when I think of sanctuary, rather, I think of of this, and I, I think of this, but there is one more turn to take, and I think, I think of out there, too. I think of what's, what's happening out there. And perhaps this is the part that we need to kind of expand our minds to understand and to appreciate. We need to expand our hearts uh, to appreciate. Because God's presence is indeed in here, and it's in here, but it's also out there. The illustration I would want to use is from a guy named Brother Lawrence, who was a monk uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and he wrote this very small book that I commend to you called Practicing the Presence of God. Practicing the Presence of God. And if sanctuary is the presence of God, well then, 
this man, Brother Lawrence, he's convinced that actually the presence of God is not just intended for a certain day or for a certain space, but is actually something we should be and can be encountering at any time. He's convinced that God's presence isn't just for Sunday morning, but it can and should be experienced in all that we do. His profession was, uh, he was a cook, and he also washed dishes, and he was a monk. And so maybe you're thinking, like I often think of this man, well, you know, if you had my life, like you, you would realize practicing God's presence is a whole lot harder because uh, you're a monk cloistered in some monastery somewhere, but the rest of us, we're out, we're out in the real world. And, and to that, I would say, yeah, I kind of agree. It, it's, it's tough, this practicing the presence of God thing. It, it is genuinely tough. But this is what he says, and I'll read you a quote. He says, the time of business does not differ with me from the time of prayer. He, he's saying, when I'm at the, the cook's table or, or behind the, the, um, uh, the grill or the stove, uh, or when I'm chopping vegetables, that's no different for me than when I'm uh, in prayer. And he says, he goes on, he says, and in the noise and the clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were on my knees. Uh, I actually, I did work in a kitchen at one point in my own personal life. Uh, I was a cook uh, at a place called The Cooker. <laughs> and... Um, and I will say, there was nothing tranquil about that kitchen. Uh, it was actually very busy. And I can remember, I was a college student at the time, uh, I remember uh, many evenings uh, where uh, the tickets, and if you've ever worked in the kitchen, you know what I'm talking about, the, the tickets start coming out. And there was this one time uh, where I'm behind the grill, like cooking all the steaks and the, the hamburgers, and, I, and, I, and I'm at the grill, and I turn around to look at the next ticket, and there's, no kidding, like uh, 15 tickets, and they, they're all just kind of stuck together, uh, and, it, and they're hitting the tabletop that's down below, and I realize, oh, I'm in trouble. Uh, there's about, you know, 15 different tables waiting uh, for their order, and so it's just this mad dash, and, and I can imagine him saying, it doesn't matter the business that I'm doing in this moment, somehow he achieves the presence of God. That's a pretty high bar, I'll, I will be honest. It's a pretty high bar to achieve what he's, he's calling us to. However, I do think he's on to something. I think he's on to the fact that in our daily routines, in the routines of our life, that whether it's, whether it's cooking or whether it's a bureaucrat in uh, D.C. Uh, or whether it's you know, what, teaching somewhere, whatever it is you do, it's in school, that somehow our daily routines, even the mundane ones, the things that seem like they're not spiritual, can be opportunities for the presence of God. 
We too often split the secular and the sacred. And we've, we've, we've put this divide between these two kinds of world. And, and we think of our church as, a, as the sacred world, where we come and we, we, we do the God things. And then the rest of the world is secular. We even use that language, right? The, the secular world. And that is where we do the worldly things. And I would uh, suggest to you that our job as Christians is to actually pull these two things together and begin to have them overlap to the point where God is being reintroduced into the worldly things. And we are a sanctuary in the midst of the world. So that's number one, the presence of God. Number two, when I think of sanctuary, I think of a place of healing and rest. And at the end of all of uh, this, I'm going to read the, uh, the statement that we've crafted for our church of, of what sanctuary is and what we hope it to be. And healing and rest show up quite a bit in this. <clears throat> and some of you uh, most definitely need this. Uh, there, there have been moments in my life where I have definitely needed rest and healing. Uh, I think back to when I lived in Waco, Texas. I was earning my PhD at the time, uh, which is a, a very strenuous process. And uh, my wife was earning her graduate degree at the time. And uh, we were just starting to have children, so we had very little ones in the house. Um, we were living on a postage stamp, is how we used to put it. Uh, we literally had one bedroom, uh, a galley kitchen that led to a living room that was maybe the size of like this part of the stage, right? And that was, that was our little apartment. And, uh, oh, did I say, we weren't making any money. <laughs> and so uh, this, this was our life. And, I mean, and we were, oh yeah, and we were living in a dormitory uh, that had 600 uh, freshmen women in it, and it was, um, it was quite grueling. It was, uh, like I said, uh, I needed rest. Uh, I needed it badly. And for me, I found this rest on a weekly basis at the church that I went to, that we went to. Um, and I, I actually don't remember, maybe I should have asked Kendall ahead of time, I, I don't know that we ever intentionally skipped church. Um, Maybe we did. Maybe, maybe the, I, I do remember days where, where we both said, you know what, it would feel really good to just take the whole day off. But then what happened was over time that this church we went to was actually such a place of healing and rest that it became necessary to actually go and to attend and to be there because every time I walked away, even if I walked in thinking, I don't want to be here, I would inevitably walk away thinking, I'm so glad I went. I, I feel refreshed. I, I feel rejuvenated. Like God has met me in that place, and he has healed me, and he has, uh, he has rested me during that time. And I'm ready to get back out there and to get beat up for six more days. <laughs> So that I can come back next Sunday and to be refreshed and rested and healed. And so some of you, uh, I'm certain that's your experience in life, maybe right this moment. Maybe that's you right now. 
Parker Palmer, he, um, he's an author that I like quite a lot, actually. He, he has a lot of wisdom. And he says this about sanctuary. He says, sanctuary is as vital as breathing to me. Sometimes I find it in churches, monasteries, and other sites designated as sacred. But more often, I find it in places sacred to my soul. The natural world, the company of trustworthy friends, in solitary or shared silence, in the ambience of a good poem or good music. And then he says this. He says, sanctuary is wherever I find space, safe space, to regain my bearings, reclaim my soul, heal my wounds, and return to the world as a wounded healer. Sanctuary is where I find a safe space to regain my bearings, to reclaim my soul, to heal my wounds, and to return to the world as a wounded healer. I think there's something tremendously powerful about that. And um, my prayer is that this space and, and what we are doing here as a church, not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week in our Bible study, we are creating these kinds of experiences and these kinds of places where those who need healing can come in and walk out as wounded healers. Number three, when I think of sanctuary, I think uh, inevitably of, of worship. Maybe obviously so, right? Because, well, that's what we do here. We come to our sanctuary, and then we worship. Um, I want to say just a little bit more about this, but a lot of this I'm just going to save for the next week, because next week we're actually talking about worship. Uh, but... Uh, when I think of worship and what I want us to think of this morning is uh, I want us to go to the, the end of the Bible and think of the book of Revelation, right? Uh, and specifically the scene uh, where uh, John is drawn up into the heavens, the heavens of the heavens, and he's at the throne room of God where God is seated and everybody, beasts both known and unknown, uh, are all around it, uh, bowing down and worshiping God, right? Putting their crowns down and worshiping. This is, in many ways, that is, rather, the, the sanctuary of sanctuaries, getting back to the presence of God. It is the presence of God, and in the presence of God, you do what? Well, you praise and you offer glory, Here's what I want to say, though, is, is kind of is cracking open this uh, sacred-secular divide and, 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 well, maybe not cracking it open, but putting it back together, is that every act in our life could be and maybe should be a, an act of praise. It is all done in the presence of God, right? A.W. Tozer says that worshipers never leave church. We carry our sanctuary with us wherever we go. And so continuing on with what Brother Lawrence was trying to do in practicing the presence of God, I would, I would add this with respect to worship. We are practicing the presence of God, and in doing so, we must be practicing the praise of God, even in the mundane things. 
or the seemingly mundane, or the worldly things, or the ordinary things, or whatever you want to call it. We should be, as the Bible says, praying at all times. And there, it feels like a lot. I'll just be honest. It, the praying at all times, and, and the practicing the presence of God at all times, and the praise at all times. And Here's how I understand all of this. I understand all of this to be a, a life that is so dramatically changed and reformed into the kind of life that God has intended us to live, that it's not a, an act that we have to like willfully say, I'm in this moment trying to praise God, or in this moment I'm trying to pray but it's something that just comes and flows out quite naturally from us. It's a life lived uh, that has been uh, corrected, reformed, and now uh, it, the lifeblood of God just flows from it. That still feels like a lot. <laughs> I'll just be honest. But I do think that's what we're intended for. I think that's what redeemed humanity should and will look like. The real result, and this is critical, is that I'm not trying to like, trivialize prayer uh, or kind of lower what praise is or even lower uh, a sense of what it means to be in the presence of God What I'm actually doing is what I think God is doing and wanting to do since the beginning. We are trying to sanctify the mundane, the worldly, the ordinary things. We are making holy the regular activities of life. We are elevating our humanity in this way. God is elevating our humanity in this way. And the goodness of God's creation is elevated. We are doing what God so desires because it is what he is doing in the world. He is redeeming it and transforming it and putting it back together. And he is redeeming us and transforming us and putting us back together again. And the result of all of this is joy. Joy in the everyday, joy in the human things, joy in the stuff of earth, and yes, especially joy as we gather together to worship the Almighty. The fourth thing that I think of when I think of sanctuary, I think of fellowship. Fellowship. That's us. Together. Uh, last week, we talked about family. Um, I think of family, too, when I think of sanctuary. It's not on my list, but it's kind of connected with fellowship. And when I uh, talked about it, I, I sent an email out, and I asked you to respond to it, and a few of you did. Uh, and the question was, how do you make a house into a home? And it was interesting. The answers I got had little to do with the, the physical of the house itself and really everything to do with the, the routines and the relationships in that house, right? 
How do we make a house into a home? It's the routines that we put in place. It's pouring into our family. It's reading together. It's intentional date nights. It's game nights, creating memories. And this is what we do here too, right? Maybe we don't read together, but maybe I do. Maybe we actually do come together and we read from God's holy word together. And we create routines. And we have fun together. And we enjoy one another. And we eat Cracker Barrel together. Uh, a quote that I found about the, uh, the home, and, and uh, Andy Ross said this to me today, that she thinks in terms of sanctuary in terms of her home, and she wants her home to be a sanctuary, and I would say the same. I want my home, and I imagine you want your home to be a sanctuary, so that when people walk into it, they look around and they think there's something different here, and what that something different is, if it is a sanctuary is the presence of God first and foremost, right? It's a sense of peace. It's a, it's a rest. It's a safe harbor. It's all of those things that a good sanctuary should be. And um, the quote here is that a true home is one of the most sacred of places. It's a sanctuary into which men flee from the world's perils and alarms. It is a resting place to which at close of day, the weary retire to gather new strength for the battle and toils of tomorrow. It is the place where love learns its lessons, where life is schooled into discipline and strength, and where character is molded. Man, I love that. That's what I want my home to be. That's what I want our church to be. Uh, there was a Wednesday, I used to do these Wednesday, I need to get back to this. I used to do these Wednesday groups where we would talk about the sermon and uh, the, the content of the sermon on Wednesday leading up to the Sunday ahead. And um, this was uh, back when uh, we were doing a different series and we, we were talking about sanctuary. And, and the group, um, I, when I asked, like, what's a sanctuary? One of the things that came up was this is sanctuary. Like not, the, not, the, not the Sunday morning this, but the you and me together this. It's the, it's the fellowship, right? It's the people. The people are the sanctuary. And, uh, and it's the moment where, and this is something Greg Young said, uh, he said, it's when you're talking and, someone, and you can just tell in the other person's eyes that they get you, right? And you feel safe in their presence. And there's a connection that gets made. And there are bonds that are being formed in that moment. Or as scripture says it, where two or three are gathered, God's also supposed to be there, Right? Number five, and my last one here, I'm running out of time, is service. Service. When I think of sanctuary, this is probably not the one you think of, but I want us to, I want to encourage you to start thinking in this way of service. It's an active form of sanctuary. And I will say, if this church 
South Run has taught me personally one thing. It's taught me many things, but it's taught me one thing. Uh, it's the importance of service. Working alongside one another. Knitting our hearts together through activity together. And so if you think that sanctuary is sitting in a dark room doing nothing, you might be right, actually. Sometimes it is that. <laughs> but sometimes it's having uh, a, uh, a ton of people in our parking lot uh, serving the Afghan communities that are uh, coming into northern Virginia and pulling together homes and our church coming together and doing this thing that unites our hearts together and that we all walk away from and we all say, man, we just made a difference and that feels good and we know that God is in that. And there's a sense of sanctuary in that action, in that, in that service. Your work, whatever the work may be, can and should be sanctuary if it is filled with God's presence. It will be filled with joy in that way. If it is sanctuary, it will be filled with meaning and purpose and, and relationship I would love, if nothing, for nothing else, than every member of our church, every regular attender, every person who comes here into our building on a regular basis to find a place at our church where you feel like you're able to serve in a way that is not just uh, giving of yourself over and over again until you're, you're bled dry. That's not what I have in mind when I think of service, and it's certainly not sanctuary. What I have in mind, and we talked about this yesterday at our council meeting, actually, uh, and so it's very much top of mind. Um, what I have in mind is this, is that as you find your place in this church, your place to, to give, is that it's this mutual giving. It's this, yes, giving out and finding a place where your talents are needed and your time is needed, but it also somehow gives back to you. It fills your cup in doing so. And so if you're in a place where you're giving and you're giving and you're finally like, I'm just, I, I, it's too much, I can't give anymore. This is not sanctuary. That's not really what we're looking for. We're not looking for obligation or duty. Though sometimes, I will say, uh, lots of hands make light work. So the occasional duty or the occasional obligation, that's okay. But the real goal is to find you a place in our church body on a regular basis where you're doing something that feeds your soul. Where you are worshiping in that moment that you are giving back because God's presence is in that place. I'll close with two things. One, sanctuary in the words of Jesus. And this is Eugene Peterson's rendering of Matthew, the passage we read for today. And he says this. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Well, come to me. Come to me. 
Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's a beautiful rendering of that. I don't know how you feel about the message, but these are beautiful words that I think ring true. And then, I has, as I have been for the last number of weeks here, I want to conclude with a statement that we wrote as a church that we hope to embody that is both, yes, it's aspirational in that we don't always live up to it, but we desire to, and then we hope we do live into it as well. Our sanctuary. We offer rest and peace under our branches. As the branches of the tree offer shade to the weary traveler, our church offers God's rest and healing to any and all who need it. It's where we get away from the unhealthy pace of the world and slow down to enjoy the good fruit that God offers to us. The shade tree can serve many purposes. It can be a respite on a long journey. It can be a refuge from danger. It can be a quick moment of refreshment needed to get back out there and to do God's work. Whatever you need, South Run Baptist Church is a place where you can find rest and peace and the loving support of those who will walk alongside you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come this morning and we know that you are a good God who desires our peace and our rest. And Jesus tells us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. God, may we be a church that represents Jesus well. A church who does not desire to put heavy yokes upon people, but is actually a place where people can come and find the rest that you so desire. That we find sanctuary in all of its meanings. God, I am thankful for this church. In it, I find sanctuary. My family has found sanctuary. And I pray that others do too. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.